What's good, everybody? This is Blair Johnson coming at you from the Badass Records Podcast Studio. Uh, took me, what, f- almost 60 episodes into this thing, a year and change, to make an intro or a promo, whatever you call this thing. But here I am. Uh, Badass Records Podcast is where we hang one-on-one, talk about your story and some of your favorite records along your life's journey. And I've made it work to this point, but to be frank, I need guests. So if you live in the Kansas City area or you know somebody in the Kansas City area that would be a good guest, uh, if you're going to be in the Kansas City area and you want to stop by, hit me up, badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. It's badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter and kind of sort of TikTok. Uh, BadassRecordsPodcast.com gives you everything you're looking for, the story uh, about the show, some merch, etc. Nevertheless, thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoy the show. will be episode 59 of badass record podcasts oh, I see. I didn't even see you. we'll have you uh cool. throw your name up on the wall when we're done excellent um and i'm hanging with ian hollowell yes correct ian hollowell hollowell yes hollowell yep um or i also go by the cheeto flow that sounds familiar yeah the cheeto portion anyway yes. uh where would i have heard that uh it's my instagram handle it's also my stage name right Uh, right i mean other than that i feel like maybe uh, some people call me that yeah yeah Uh, musically that's kind of what i go by okay no but i mean i feel like maybe maybe you told me and i just forgot or something like that um and uh have we we ran into each other at pink talking fish right yes is that the last time we saw each other uh the pink talking fish is like the last time we ran into each other yes yes um have you are you in touch with my so that's how we know each other is your uncle jake is actually your uncle yes yep Yep. um and have have you have you been in touch with him in the last couple days or so or the last couple days no um he reached out about because summer tour yeah went on on sale yeah and he said uh his text, it felt like uh, there's a tray line uh, from Tab. Uh, Summer's coming and I'd like a review. Okay. And I don't know if he tried, but he, he he's clever like that. He and so is. his text said, uh, Summer's coming and I'd like to see some shows with you. <laughs> nice. Oh, he's so clever. And I was like, and, and funny as fuck, dude. Yes. Like his, his yes. humor, uh, the void in our hockey locker room, uh-huh. his right. departure le- humor-wise. Um but anyway, he was like, uh, what do you, you know? What, and so I looked and he was like, I'm thinking this. And I was like, what about that? And then we our, we, our conversation fizzled. But then like two days later, he was like, I put in for like four, <laughs> four cities, right. all multi. And he's like, uh, who knows these days? Right. It's fucking garbage. Yeah. So yeah. we, we did, uh, 10 straight years of the first 10 years of dicks together, Jake wow. and I. Wow. And then last year we missed because uh, we got shut out 
uh, lottery, oh, shut out public on sale, sh- uh, and then of course you know uh, what do you call it? secondary market? Uh-huh. Sh- it's like triple, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, it's insane. So um, we said fuck it, like right. let's go. He was like, "What do you think about?" Uh, and you know, we kept. You've ever been in on the in the um, Ticketmaster queue where you got like the dude walking up right, and then you're right. so yes. we kept screenshotting each other that and then trying to call trying to anyway. So he was like, "What about Atlantic City?" Or, you know, right. three nights, and I was like, "I." So I went straight. I got out of the thing and went straight into there and bought two three night passes in like fifteen seconds. Nice. And nice. Uh, and he goes. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I wish that you know. Like while I'm laughing at his shit, I'm like, why, why am I don't have that knee jerk clip? So he immediately he took improv classes. Right when he was a kid, That's for real? Was. Yes. He okay. Took improv classes. So well, he, shout, he took classes to be that Woody. Shouts out to Uncle Jake. Shout out but to Uncle Jake. He hit me back as soon as I sent him the screenshot showing the confirmation of the tickets. He said, uh, uh, "Put your makeup on, fix your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic." So I was City. like fucking let's yeah. go yep. oh and it nice. was amazing yeah. um i mean all on the beach right no uh, I, that's what i heard i thought i saw pictures right Dude. right and uh you know i've uh, talked about him a lot across 58 episodes and how um you know that our last year of dicks so last year was year 11 but our last year being year 10 he um like what we mean just handled everything he, right. he got the tickets yeah. the hotel room the rent-a-car uh, we rolled into town and uh we went straight to a pub that his buddy owns and then we played 18 holes of golf nice. and then we were you know uh basically holed up in a tiny little hotel room for a week mm-hmm. um and so <laughs> it was like uh late night food um and sleeping in like no shortage of fucking <laughs> ma- just violations of the bathroom and right. sleep farts and right. nose picking and then you know sleeping get something some coffee and then we would literally for like three days we laid on our hotel beds and watched the U.S. Open. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Chipotle across the way, like, like somewhere around midday. Should we go get you know? Right. That's and it was like I couldn't. I still can't stop thinking about how I know zero other humans that I could hole up with in the tight space and just have it be fucking flawless and chill, you know, and like there are plenty of times where he's like, what do you think about blah, blah, I'm like, I don't really feel like making a decision can you just it's like a couple can right, you just decide right, for right, me right. and then i'll be happy to eat wherever yeah, I'm, I'm down for whatever dude yeah yep but um anyway yeah, that's the, a vacation you know like to have some time to hang out and party and go see some things but also to take that time to rest yeah because i know so many people that go and they vacation they try to pack everything they possibly can in this vacation vacation should be lifting you know you should you know you should you should feel rested yeah words well i have um something of a unique scenario that's mostly uh my fault or responsibility or whatever um and that i uh, my position 
you know, most like 99 plus percent of people will like have multiple vacation buddies and you present them with an itinerary with lead time, you know, Hey, can you just, can you cover me? Um, and I am not, I, I, zero teachers would give me an A plus in a class called planning. Um, so sometimes just preparing the itinerary and getting the people, the information is like too stressful. And it's just like, I'll just cover my own shit, Absolutely. but I'm, I'm not, I don't have to attend your meeting and go to this thing. I'm off, but I'll still just do the things anyway. Um, so uh, I do that. I just cover all my own stuff. And, and in addition, because it's less stressful. Right. And in addition, I've always been a firm, and I follow through with this, uh, I always take the day after the travel home off. off. I've done that for years. Recently added is day before travel. Right. So that I don't have to do a whole day of work and then squeeze in. I don't fucking pack ahead of time. I'm like, it's two. Uh My flight's at five. I should put some shit in a suitcase and close my eyes for (laughs) a minute. Uh, Toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant. Tickets, tickets, money ID. I don't have time for it. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, man, I just, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know if that I was ever really cut from the cloth of the, how vacation should look. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, I'm, I'm lucky to be in a different city right now. I'm going to see three nights of live music and And uh, see, I feel like that's how vacation should be looked at. Right. You know, it should be a, you're in a new place and it shouldn't be, oh, I'm going here and here and here and here and here and here to these resorts and to this and that. You know, it should be like, all right, I'm coming here for this particular thing. Yeah. And then I want to see what else, this yeah. city, what this place, this country even has to store, you know, has to offer. Um, yeah, I took my kids to. Uh, I like the spontaneousness of vacations uh uh grade school buddy in virginia got two kids roughly the same age i took them out there for a week oh excellent real close to dc and they were like um you know what sleeping arrangements and i was like where it doesn't matter it'll be fine what do you want to go do i was like i want to do like three things and i don't even care but i'm going to do one thing per day right Right. You know, we're, we'll go to this place and see this thing and, and then come back and we're hanging out with you guys. That's the vacation. We'll see a couple, but we're not going to like try and, absolutely, you know, no thanks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the baddest records podcast.com freshly launched merch line, um, mugs and yetis and hats and t-shirts and whatnot um and basically you know uh the the gig is to chat music but also chat you know about your story um and uh before i even i I will listen to uh, as best i can music from your list and and jot down some interesting things most of the time i don't know shit about the records and so i'm just it's just interesting stuff absolutely um i got a whole bunch for you but uh before i even put your name on the page uh i i couldn't get away from this notion that you have uh a name that really sort of speaks to like wanting to be announced 
Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like a MMA fight or a boxing right. match or a stand-up comic. Or, Cheeto flow. Well, th- that one that too. One, but, yeah. but, but I mean, if you go, you know, like, Ian Holloway. I mean, there's a whole You're bunch right. of ways you could drag it out and yeah. make it fucking. It's funny. As a kid, uh, when I was in football, uh, Little Leagues or whatever, uh, there's always a volunteer announcer, you know, who's pretty, you know, the dude did pretty well, but every year he could never get my name right on one of the first times. And one year he called it, uh, he called me Ian Halloween, but he did the oh. Ian Halloween. <laughs> wow. That is an <laughs> yeah. egregious. Didn't even try. Damn. Didn't even try. Um, You're right though. That It is kind of a, never really thought about it like that. So are you born, you born and raised here? Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. Um and siblings. Uh, yep. I have a uh, JD, my brother. Are you uh, guys full blood brothers? We're half brothers. Half. Okay. Half okay. Brothers. Half blood brothers. Uh, same mom. Uh, and then I have my younger sister who is. All, I also only have the same mom. Uh, okay. Um. So I went out to was it 2019? I went out to see uh some shows in South Carolina with your brother. Okay. Or yeah. your your uncle. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and Charleston, yeah. your mom was here. They're in Texas. She was somewhere for a while, so I stayed in her room. Okay, yeah. And uh, there was, uh, I took a picture of it, but there was um, a picture of your brother. Did he Did he put out a record? Yep. Yeah. He put out a couple CDs. Okay, that, yeah, yeah, I think uh, somewhere on the, I was like, what uh-huh. the fuck? I didn't yep. know. Yep, he has a couple CDs. Uh, so what's the, eight, what are your guys' ages? Me, uh, my brother is, Nine years older than I am, so okay. he's twenty thirty-three. I am twenty-four. My sister is twenty-two. Okay, and where are they? Uh, my brother is up. They're both up north of the river. Okay. Uh, so my brother now owns uh, the hideout. Um, it's a little blues bar up north of the river. He's been working at forever. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah, gla- he owns a bar. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's part owner. Yep. Okay. Um, is, there, is there live music there? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, uh, most nights a week. Uh, Fridays and Saturdays for sure. They have an open jam on Thursdays, which is kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, How often do you get up there? Uh, I actually am helping them out in the kitchen right now. Okay. They're uh, kind of struggling in the kitchen, you know. Um, so helping them out. Nice. Mondays and Fridays. Okay. Nice. Yeah, until they can find some other people, you know. Cause... Um. So your mom and dad, do you know how they met? Uh, you know, I actually don't know how they met. Um, my dad's a trucker. Okay. Uh, he was on the road forever and then came here for something and they met somehow. Okay. Um, are, are they both still around? Yep. And yep. are my they? My mom is, uh, she's the GM at, uh, the, uh, American Legion Smithville. Okay. Um, so she, she's running that up there. Okay. Um, uh, so service industry runs my family. Yeah. 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 Um, and then my dad, he's, uh, they split up when, uh, I was like six or seven. Um, and then he lives in Texas now. With his okay. Wife. Okay. Um, so memories of them under the same roof or were you too, uh, yep. too little yep. or, okay. So, yep. I was like six, seven. And, uh, I remember or my earliest memories were with them together. Okay. So, uh, you know, and in fact, uh, I'm adopted. Uh, my dad, oh, for real? So my dad, he's technically not my biological father. Okay. I didn't know that till I was 17. So up until then, I, my earliest memories were them together you know right um but uh it and they were good memories you know they were yeah yeah memories, but so how uh, do you how um looking back did you say your 
34? 24. I'm 24. You're 24. And, okay. My brother's 34. So, I mean, that's relatively still yeah. fresh news. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. But you've got some time between now and having learned it. Right. Uh, did How do you feel about the wait until 17? Was that the right call? or? I think I had no clue. I had no idea because my mom, I'm at, my mom's my biological mom. Okay. Um, and there's pictures of me coming out of the womb. Oh, well, know? yeah, of and course. So, and yeah. I have the red hair, <laughs> so it was no doubt it's me. Yeah. You know, so it was never like, you know, everyone, I think everyone has that thought, like, when I was adopted. But, like, I don't know. When when she told me, it, she, it was definitely a lot. And I didn't couldn't even really fathom of it. Okay. Uh, so, to be honest, I was high on LSD when she told no me. No shit? She Did she know? She didn't know. She oh. Didn't, I don't think she does know. You were sure. hanging out with your mom on LSD? Nah, not on purpose. I was getting in a lot of trouble. Uh, doing a lot of, you know, bullshit. Skipping school all sure. the time and getting high. And I skipped school and was high on LSD. And I come home and she got a call from school that was not good. They wanted to kick me out for good because I wasn't showing up. Up north? In Par- uh, Park Hill South. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, it became, you know, it was just like... I'm not sure why she told me then, but I think it was just like, you have there an needs to be a change. Um, no, I mean, honestly, we've always been super tight. No, no, I know. But I mean, like it's there's been, that's, I think that you, uh, you know, she carried with it with her for 17 years. You're um, right. you're right. You know, uh, right. cause so I guess, um, what are the camps like? Tell them as, uh, soon as they're old enough to be able to process that, or tell them when they're an adult or never tell them, right? I think my mom just didn't want me to hate my dad. You know, I didn't, I didn't think, I think she Bi- Bio dad or adopt, or my adopted, adopted. okay. Because he's kind of an asshole. Oh, you know? for real. Yeah, he's an asshole. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's a good enough guy, you know, but sure. he's like, he's an asshole. He's Damn. Like, Are they still... No, she, okay. she, she, she also says, he's yep, a, yep, <laughs> oh yeah. And she didn't want to say that in front of me because she wanted me just to think that because she thinks that, right. which was really cool. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that is a good point. I so, should, so you I think, just ask you think that she was like, I, I sh- this might help him like right. straighten the path or whatever. Right. Because, huh. you know, she wanted, she wanted me to have a father. And I guess, I, uh, I think it was a one night stand of how I was can. Uh, became to be okay um and she said she did contact this person and he was terrible he, she just didn't want someone like that to be even in her life let alone her kid's life you know i don't i didn't need to know any more than that yeah yeah you know but so you don't have any interest in trying I to really don't okay i really don't um well but anyway uh good good positive memories um yeah and, and so yeah. was there um were they putting on music or, or yeah. even after yep. he was gone, was she putting on me? What do you, do oh, any, yeah. what do oh, you yeah. remember? Uh, grew up on, uh, I remember. So when they were together, we listened to country music. Sure. You know, my dad loves country music. Uh, actually he's kind of just Hank Hill to be honest with you. Okay. Like, uh, but like a little bit more. Is that the, uh, God Hill. damn it. Yep, okay. Yep. Yep. A little bit more of an asshole though. Right. Uh, anyways, uh, he uh, so we listened to country. My mom grew up on country music too. She sure. loves country music and bluegrass music, um, but she was the one that took me to concerts. So okay, my first concert ever. I don't really remember. I was six or seven. Uh, was Garth Brooks? Oh wow. Um, was he big I fell by then? Asleep 
Yeah, he was. It was the first year actually. Uh, the Sprint Center opened, so it was that first oh, year. He wow. came and did like nine nights in Kansas. Yeah, um, we all think the. Pittsburgh Penguins are moving here. <laughs> right, right. We're voting on whether or not should we charge uh, people that rent cars at the airport $10 a day to help pay for our cent. I was like, what? Okay, sure. Anyway, and so felt you fell asleep. I fell asleep. It was whatever. My first real concert I remembered and I really was excited about going to was Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. So up until, you know, I was 12, uh, middle school, I was up into, I was listening to heavy you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, heavy metal. Okay. Um, didn't really get into a lot of the, like, newer stuff, you know, but I was young and just listened to whatever was playing sure. around. Uh, but about that time, my mom also took me to my first uh, swag concert, Grateful Dead tribute concert. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd started going every year, Thanksgiving, and started, you know, going at all the time, you know. Do they and, host a swag stock? Uh, they did at okay. Swagstock, yep. yeah, yeah, uh, down in um, at Camp Zoe. Uh, okay, never made it down there, but, right? Uh, heard it was so wild. this uh, when you had this conversation with her and you're on LSD. How many how many times had you taken it before? Oh, a lot. Bef- okay, to be honest, we were we we had access to it and we had vials of it at that time. Liquid? Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. Uh, one of my friend's moms uh, found out he was doing it, and her f- her boyfriend owned a farm in or a weed farm in Oregon, and she was like, "Well, actually, one of our buddies when we were fifteen, before I ever taken it, he had died from taking from twenty five I, a research I- chemical um, that is similar to LSD, but you can take too much of and die. So she's like, well, if my son is already taking it, then I'm not going to let someone else spike his bag with something. You know, I'm going to give, I'm just going to give him whatever. And then it kind of be kind of got out of control, but she, wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. So So we were doing it. I was skipping school every day, not to smoke weed to get high on LSD. Every day. Almost every day. That or for how long? Probably eight months. I mean, like and you we need your body. Out. Even we young, your body has to recover from a trip. Spun out. I did. Uh, uh, there was a four night Red Rocks fish run in '96, and I I dosed all four. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, At I the had. End f- of it, you're like it, wh- it, it, it. I mean, I had fun the first night. Right. I think that I. I convinced myself I was having fun the second night. <laughs> right. And then the third and fourth night, they weren't not fun, but I think I was just aware of like, there's a lot of compartments of my body that are kind of like breaking down yeah. right now. Yeah. And I need to, ra- you know, yeah. anyway, um, that being said, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably pretty common. At least my experience has been that most folks that um, decide to experiment with LSD or mushrooms, go the mushrooms route yes um yes. and and a, a lot of those folks some of those folks like even to this day they were like oh, i i was too terrified then i'm too terrified now yeah. i'm i've always been a, a pretty big advocate um yeah. i have uh certainly certainly enjoyed um many and many an occasion with mushrooms but lsd is fucking magical and yeah. um like i without question am who i am yeah because of i'm I'm not 
you know, let's say, let's say, um, I don't know, man. Let's just say twenty times with both, right? You know, spaced right. out right. over uh, seventeen. And that's the best way to do it. To twenty, I don't even know. Not not too far into my twenties. Right. right. Um, I started having. Uh, I always say that like first time on mushrooms was like here's the fun and here's the stomach issues. Right. Right. And each trip it ratcheted. And uh-huh. then I remember I was on, uh, Anderson Island in the Puget sound. Okay. Just fucking gore. And it finally, and I like puked up some bile. Right. Like, like it looked like pieces of my gut. Right. And this is, you know, like, uh, from the minute I ingest, I'm, I retch, uh-huh. you know, yeah, and it's, yeah. and then as the thing starts to take, it gets like more, yeah, like yeah. kind of violent. Yeah. It gets and, stuck in your tooth and like you taste it again and like oh, comes back. What? Yeah. Uh, but point being like, I never had that with LSD. It was always, I mean, definitely right. there's like a, an electric edge yeah. that let me know this is chemical, right? not right. like the mushrooms. Feel it on your tongue a little, a little bit. You, just all like, over. Just, it just, it, the tingling inside. I had, uh, I just came across this like two days ago uh, and it was sort of an explanation of this phenomenon that I had a couple times. Um, both of these times I'm in Pittsburgh, Kansas, freshman in college, going to Pittsburgh State. And one of the times, uh, I was wherever I was, I was like, I got to get out of here, and I needed to like just drive. Right. And so I got in my car, and um, I'm driving. So it, you know where Pittsburgh is, two hours straight yeah. south on 69 yeah. from here, uh, ki- kind of close to Joplin, kind of close to through. Oklahoma. Yeah. But um, so I'm just I'm I'm northbound on 69, not too far out of town, and I'm and I'm driving a, a stick, and my uh left ankle i just sort of start flexing it and, and rubbing it against because i'm in fifth speed i don't, I don't need the clutch and yeah. and sort of rubbing it against the wall of the interior of the car and it was like one of the best feelings i've ever had like i couldn't right. stop doing it right and the the only reason i did stop was because uh i kind of sat with that for a while and got to a point where i was like i'm pretty far outside of town now i should turn around and head back and mm-hmm. like return to safety <laughs> right. uh but another time <laughs> another time same same i'm in the dorms uh my buddy's room i'm on his like lower bunk up again the bunk beds are up against a cinder block wall like this and there's a bunch of dudes hanging out playing uh, you know either mortal Kombat or, or sonic yep. and you know there's a candle box is probably playing and on the stair <laughs> and anyway the point i sort of the same kind of thing started rubbing my jaw up against this concrete with yeah. a cinder block wall yep. and it was like the, you could it, stop. it's it's like uh, akin to orgasm uh-huh. but not at all right the same it's it, not sexual no thing, no but, but, it but it feels weird. so good yeah, yep. uh anyway i've learned um uh, over the years that uh like uh, you know most folks don't you know, i i've i've found myself in public conversations sort of pimping the yeah. lsd been people are like stop stop say, talking about yeah well you're you're just here and uh, people are can hear you and right, you're talking right, about how right. amazing acid is and right. i'm like yeah that's not illegal for me to right. say like right. 
Anyway, uh, think the cops are gonna come searching <laughs> me because I talked said the word LSD uh, or put me on the bad parent <laughs> right, poster board right. and say don't you know right. Uh, but anyway, uh, I I haven't done much more than like pause mid scroll about two dozen times when I come across not so much now but a, a year and a half two years ago I felt like like microdose things were in my Instagram feed uh-huh. all and I was like wait just point me where right. and i will sign up and give you my credit card and right. uh think that would be and then i don't see it much anymore and i'm too lazy to like look into it but right it, i had a friend that did a uh, local study so they gave him really yeah they gave him eight grams of psilocybin uh like or just over a quarter, the, yeah, equivalent of eight grams of psilocybin mushrooms, just like in a little capsule. Okay, and uh, you know, it was a research study, so they did three nights. You had stayed overnight, and uh, the one night was a control, one night was a small dose, and one night was the the big dose. You know, and it was completely not eight grams it. though. It was eight grams equivalent. Yeah, yeah. That was the point. So take me to the mental hospital. That that was the point. They wanted to see how it. Like too much could infl- you know go on people, and it was a process. You know, he had to make sure they didn't have any mental illnesses and all that stuff. You know, they you know they don't just accept anyone for these things. But um, and I know there are other smaller ones for for micro doses for just right. a regular two to three gram dose. You know, stuff like that. Got it. But get yourself. We we forgot to cheers. You gotta oh, get yourself a cheers. refill. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, they have those things in town. They also have ones for ketamine. So, um, uh, right? Yeah, how, yeah. So, how was the experience for him? Uh, he said he freaked the freaked the fuck out. <laughs> he said he completely freaked the fuck out oh, on the eight. On the yeah, the big dose. The how, god. How dose. long did the freak out last? Uh, he said he was like, he came on fast and hard, fuck. and ju- you know, because oh, the, man, the more cry. you do, the faster it comes and the harder it hits you and. You know, all of a sudden he the room isn't looking like it does, and this is a person also that has done a lot of psychedelics. Okay, you no, know, it's not sure it's nothing new. You to think it. you know what to um, expect, right? Right, and you do, you do, but it's you know it's like psilocybin made in a lab. <laughs> you know, right. like it's it's specifically it's like the purest form. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, he said he freaked out, and he was just like. Like was like I need a cigarette. I need to smoke a cigarette because you're in this room that they give you, and you have to stay in this room. And you to be able to leave the room, you have to be like checked in and out, sure. like, almost as a kid in a school with right. a hall monitor or whatever. Um, and because legally you're insane, you know, you're crazy, whatever. But he's like, I need a cigarette. I just give me a cigarette. And I just need to chill out. So they finally like got permission to give him a cigarette, and he went outside and he needed to talk to somebody. So they gave him permission to uh, call his girlfriend at the time. He's like, I just need to hear a familiar voice. Because that's one thing with when you're tripping too hard. It's it's so new. You need something familiar. You need well, familiarity. I, yeah, man. Like, so if this is your brain mm-hmm. uh, and whatever, you know, because supposedly psilocybin, we have psilocybin naturally. Yeah. Anyway, it's like not even visible in the right. it's so small, this tucked away corner. And when that is activated or you consume it or what, like it really, the whole perspective of the world c- kind of outgrows all of your brain and it's yeah. just all of this. And and then it, you, if you get that for me, it kind of shrinks into where you're like, okay, yeah. I know what's so up and down now. What it's actually doing is it's, 
making a heightened version of any sense that you have, any emotion that you have. So if that's when you have a bad trip, you're you get freaked out, so you're extra freaked out. Sure. You know, when you're happy, you're extra happy. That sensation you had of rubbing your foot or rubbing your cheek, that was extra. It's heightened all of that. So, you know, that's, you know, the stigma. So hearing her voice spot, you know? helped him. And that, yes. Yeah, so that's exactly what it did. Uh, I've had experiences where I saw a familiar face and that brought me back out, up out of a trip where I was just spiraling in my head, you know. Um, 95 fall tour. Uh, I'm in Colorado. Come back to do Kansas City, Cedar Rapids, Lincoln nice. uh, with my sister and a bunch of other friends. So like a lot of my friends met at my mom's and we went down to the show and my sister went to and partied with her friends. And I, I told I was like, I have mushrooms. Save us some blah blah blah. Well, I didn't know, so they they were late. They they found me on the floor, like second or third song, and I was like, hey, you know, here's that, and uh, I didn't realize that they had like split a bottle of Bacardi, and so set break comes, and her friend is like not looking good, yeah. not doing well. Yeah. So we in set municipal downtown, and so we get out into the concourse. And there's a whole series of doors that lead to the outside. Mm -hmm. And she, and I can tell that like, we need to get her outside, get her right. some fresh air. And yep. security is like, um, look at you, you can't don't, you can't don't do open that. that door. You can't go. And then, um, he comes over and like, get, you know, can gets his first look at her face. He's like, Oh shit. Like whatever you guys got to do, yeah, you know? Yeah, and so we got her some fresh air and then got her back inside and she, uh, flopped on the ground and was just convulsed. And there's yeah. white foam yep. coming out of her mouth. And I was like, Oh my fucking God. Like, and so I, she's on her back on the floor and I straddled her and squatted down as if I was going to like sit on her, but yeah. I just, sure and, no and steps on her. Right. And, and kind of like was rubbing her shoulder, maybe rubbing her head. And she's, and then she turned and, and we locked eyes and as soon as we locked eyes, she's, you know, kind of came back yeah. and came out of it. Yep. Cause it, and it was just a familiarity thing. Yep. I was like, Oh my fucking God. Like, yeah. Anyway. Um, so talking to him, talking to her helped your friend on the big night. Yeah. Um, and have you, did you, do you think that you escaped the, pocket of heavy use days unscathed or unscathed no just because of what has come with it when you do acid all the time every day and you know you you skip school you know you do going to school so you're not you don't really have anywhere to be um i was hanging out with some really rambunctious people you know okay the the drugs part uh we were pretty much just doing lsd and mushrooms right smoking a lot of weed but I mean, um, and with that, I think it hindered me on a lot of societal norms. So I would look at things and be like, I don't understand why I have to do this arbitrary work at school. And I would talk to still at 17. Would, yeah. Okay. And I would, I would, I would make real debates about how arbitrary our homework is and this and that. 
at school. And uh, you I would had, express these to like I teachers would and shit. Express these very much so in front of other students too. Everybody, or I would. I've gone to the principals. I've had meetings with uh, our counselors and all of that to have rules change and usually it just brought on more rules that were written because of me i was just like well think about it this way and Hmm. blah 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 um but i I didn't understand you know you can't just stand up in middle of class and demand something you know just because you don't like the way it is right there's a way about it you know there's a way to go about it you can while things may not be fair you know you can do it in a better way. Sure. Um, so how, how many think, times do you think you did dose? I couldn't tell you how many times I did it. For, uh, over 40? I'm definitely over yeah. 40. So, uh, any... so, but so between that eight months, we probably went through three vials between six of us. Man. And we'd how... sell a little bit of it, but, you know, to our friends or whatever. How big of a dose at one time do you think you took? We'd... You know, I started with one or two and you'd get up to three or four and you get up to five or six Damn. because the tolerance, it just grows. No, um, like, spine weirdness or anything lingering so that I, you think is maybe? I've definitely had that afterwards. I stopped doing it so much, had some bad experiences. And, um, in fact, I woke up in the hospital one time. No kidding? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I, uh, was at a concert, a a lot, a lot, a lot. So at this time, I started branching out and started talking to other people that were much older than me that were doing these things. And these guys were 30, you know, and been doing this same thing for the last 10 years. And I'm still kind of new to it. And so I thought I could hang with those guys. Oh, shit. And they just kept feeding me. Well, I got a little freaked out and I left the concert at Grinders. Um, went to my car and, uh, you know, the stars are moving and I'm like, like things are coming in and out of reality and I have to go pee. And usually I would just go over to the dumpsters behind the building right over here and go pee where I always go to that at that video behind Josie Records. But in my psyched out mind, you know, I was like, no, a cop's going to show up with my, you know, my dick's going to be out. And I was so scared. That's a ticket. <laughs> so I walked across the street to the porta potties right outside the front gate. While I'm in there, uh, an ambulance shows up because someone got hurt and there's a cop that showed up too. And so I walk out and there's a paramedic wheeling someone into the ambulance or like wheeling out of the ambulance, actually. And uh, there's a cop staying there and I'm shirtless and my eyes are, I'm sure, just huge. And he looks at me and says, son, come with oh, me. I need boy. to talk to you. And I'm like trying to like walk over naturally. You know? talking I'm to like, me. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what I, I was like. Well, just answer his questions and you'll get out of here. No problem. And he told me to sit down. And I sat down. And he said, son, what do you want? And I said, what? He said, what drugs are you on? And I was like, I didn't do any drugs. And I stood up and he grabbed my shoulder. And when I stood up, I started to get tunnel vision. Like I stood up too fast. And I never came back from that tunnel vision. And till later, all of a sudden, it was like this alien beeping over here. And these sounds were happening. And then I kind of looked at this weird alien screen and I looked over and I saw my dad and my mom, my brother, and my sister, and my mom, and they all looked young. My brother was probably nine, probably the age of it's when like I was vision? born. A vision. Uh, and, uh, my sister was like two or three years old and they all looked at me and they said, Oh good, you're back. And they dissipated. 
and I looked like, around. Evaporated? Yeah. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And I like was like, whoa. And I kind of looked around, and I noticed that this arm and this leg was, like, chained to the bed. I was like, what? And there's a blanket over me. But this arm is free, and this big needle on my arm. My first thought is, I'm like, I'm waking up from the Matrix. You know, there's needles, and there's, I'm, like, chained, and I'm, all of a sudden, I realize I'm naked. Uh, apparently, what happened was, uh, I stood up, and blah, blah, blah. The cop said I was, like, trying to, like, run, and he, like, tackled me. And oh, in no. this whole thing, I took off my pants, and he put handcuffs on me. And they took me to the hospital. Wow. Put me in the mental ward for... Oh, shit. Day. Yeah. Uh, hold that and thought. I, I got to let that dog it's out. It's okay. Wow. So, mental ward for a day. Yeah. So, basically, that was about the time that I slowed down. I was going to say yeah. the, oh, you're back vision. Yeah. A spoke real, to you, maybe. true, like, just... I was in a completely another universe, you know? Yeah. And, and it just realized, you know, there's real life consequences in this universe that can happen from being in that other universe. Right. So you have to be careful. I highly encourage everyone to go through a similar height of LSD that I went through. You can ash in safe. Excellent. lover's you. kit. Excellent. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's about and, the uh, only thing. I, the lid is somewhere which is better, but right. I don't know where it is right now. All good. Yeah, usually I find something myself. I have my lid. Or there you go. But. Um, man, okay. Whew. But really, I have a very unique you know, perspective on it. Because usually when most people discover psychedelics, they discover it in their adulthood. And they have a little bit. Is that more. true? I feel like a lot of people do. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe okay. not. In my experience. Sure. Um, but I mean, so you, are you counting seventeen as adulthood, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm with you then. Yeah, for you know, sure. Like you know, you, or even sixteen, you get your car and you start experiencing the world a little. Yeah, bit. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. have a conscious sense of self. You know, and. I love your shirt, by the way. <laughs> thanks. My grandma made it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and. When when you eat when you eat psychedelics, you eat some and you start to feel it most of the time, you're not trying to do more. So with doing going back to doing it every day, you know, um it was it was an ego thing, you know. I wanted to eat as much as possible. Okay. I heard stories of uh Ozzy Osbourne eating it every day for a year just to see what happened. No way. You know, uh, that's really? in his book. That's every his book. day for a year, that's, LSD? That's in his book. That's what he wrote. That's or said to someone sure, that wrote it. Sure. <laughs> um, and then and, late in his career he wound up with a TV show. So right. you can take you places. <laughs> so you you know, and that's kind of what I thought back then, but to do that, it's an ego thing. It's not like cocaine or heroin or meth right. where it's you have to do it right. for your body. No, your body fizzles out from too much of it. Yeah. You know? Um, and you can't physically do it. And it took a point for me to have a bad experience. Sure. And not just a, ooh, I'm scared because I would be scared and I would – I didn't want to be scared. So I tried right. to overcome that. You right. Know, it was like a challenge for me. I went and saw uh, the new Halloween in theaters on LSD, you know, like – like Whoa. it was a challenge you okay know? it was an ego thing but at the same time it can do so much to help you under just understand more about yourself it heightens everything about you 
you know my back often hurts about it you know it helps me understand like oh man maybe i need to be careful and like you know lift things correctly when i'm at work and uh sleep properly you know maybe not sleep yeah. in a weird crumpled yeah. position oh yeah oh yeah know? man like um i mean i remember somewhere along the way learning or reading that uh that part of it lives in your spinal cord forever yeah i've you know? heard that too so there's probably some kind of muscle memory or some, something that goes uh, pins the two things oh i've i definitely have some moments where uh you know once in a while you get shown the light and the strangest of paces you look at it right when i find something strange in a weird place you know i kind of get that feeling of being high yeah psychedelics you know it's like whoa this is this is new to me you know do you do you know uh most of the podcasts that i still try to keep up with um are like stand-up comic podcasts. Okay. Um, Excellent. One is uh, the Honeydew with Ryan Sickler. Um, okay, he uh, very similar setup. Um, he's mostly just interviewing comics though, and cool. finding out you know what their story is. Um, he just had Neil Brennan on, okay. um, who is a comic and was uh, I I think uh, one of the key writers for Chappelle's Show. Excellent, excellent. And the whole episode is about uh, ayahuasca. Okay. Or Iowa. I would yeah. think the a, it's, it starts with an A. But, um, ayahuasca. Yeah. And, um, and DMT. Yep. Uh, and it's, if I try to speak to any of the, I mean, they talk for like 75 minutes about it. Wow. Um, and if I try to speak to any of the details, um, I'll I'll probably get it wrong, but I mean, huge, huge, huge proponent of ayahuasca, uh, huge proponent of MDMT, but he, uh, he, he throws out the, like, I'm like, how, why do you think people are going to know it? But (laughs) at one point he got access to just DMT and it was smokable. And he took like a tiny hit and uh, like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like I'm pretty sure he's happy he did it, yeah. But horrible experience that lingered for six months. Yeah, definitely. Meaning, like, sort of uh, like you're moving through your days and weeks and months, but uh, all of a sudden, this like thing will happen (laughs) where you're like. Consciously, in his experience, uh, feeling like if if I don't keep a, a rein on whatever this thing is, mm-hmm. psychosis right. no, is absolutely. around the corner. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, fucking terrifying. Like, that's I mean, what, that's why I think the problem with how the United States is handling these things because they can do so much good for so many people, but you give the wrong person DMT and it will send them into psychosis. It could send them to psychosis for the rest of their life. You give them LSD and they don't know, you know, it could make you schizophrenic, not make you schizophrenic, but bring out the schizophrenic traits that you already have, you right. know? And it can be very terrifying. Um, Man. Um, so mom's into country. I mean, I could talk to you for two more hours know, right? about drugs. Right. but so, We'll wrap it up with... That brought me into my real love for music. Okay. Because uh, we didn't have a TV growing up. 
at all. So, at all. So, well, when my, when my parents divorced, my dad always had TV. And that was one thing I remember she would tell us as a kid, you know. There's a lot more growing up. But as a kid, she would tell me, you know, it was like, oh, you just come home and sit and watch TV, not paying any attention to me or you or, you know, you just sit around and watch TV. And she didn't want that. Um, so we didn't have a TV. And so I'd go out and find other things to do. And I got into drugs because I wasn't sitting around watching TV or playing video games. And Let your kids watch TV. Otherwise, they'll wind up on drugs. Just saying. Just right? saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, 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 I would sit around. I'd listen to music. But it would help me really listen to music. I could almost see a visual of yeah, yeah. music that was yeah. being, I was listening to. Well, I mean, it's, you know, MTV at, at a time played music videos, but now it's like, you know, reels and TikToks and yeah. whatever, like shit is associated with imagery and video exactly. and movement. And you don't, if you don't have that imagination, right? which right. Um, one of the, you know, I talked about, uh, um, wanting to talk in person with people being uh, one of the legs of this stool, so to speak. But another one is the album form and, and the creation of an album and yeah. liner notes and album cover art. And so, you know, like yep. Yep. even, even if it's just lyrics, reading lyrics while you listen that and just huge. like, you know, opening up a segment just of the brain. Your favorite band live. Right. Right. You know, so mom's into country, Garth Brooks' first official show. Mom's into everything. Right. She grew up on hair metal. She okay, grew, okay. Uh, in her, when she was my age, she was out to every hair metal band she right. could see, but she grew up on country and hair metal, and then, um, you know, and liked the great fish, uh, you know, uh, or Uncle Jake got her into fish okay. a little bit, and nice. the Grateful Dead. Yeah. She, I think she saw that. You know, people are bringing their kids to these events. You know, right. this is not an aggressive place. Right. You know, my They're, kids have like twenty shows. You know, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's not a place Count, where counting. I always you're count. worried about fights everywhere, no, and no. you know, someone NFL game. Right. Even, wanted to. I've we've been to one. It right. was nice, but it's a lot. But it's a lot, and and you know, to see thirty thousand people all in the same yeah. spot, loving each other, yeah. and just there for the same reason, yeah, listening to good music. That's really what got me into music. Sure. Was, you know, my mom taking me to see a group that brought, you know, um, real enjoyment. Yeah. You know? What's your mom's name? Hope. Hope. Shouts out to Hope for. Her birthday's in spring. She's okay. the fresh hope of spring. Okay, nice. Um, so did you at one point, uh, not necessarily intentionally, but did you have a, a first album like that would be a collection starter or, or a first album that you really dug? Yeah. Um, I will say it would be most first, no, my first most, um, memorable album that I still listen to, to this day would be the um, Grateful Dead album. It was this, I can't remember what it's called. It's the original Steely. Like the original. Skull and Roses? Not the no. Skull and Roses. Self-titled? This picture it's right the here. Steely or Fate? Okay. You know, um, it was, oh, I don't have my phone. Um, Bert, I was about to show you. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was. Like, is Bertha and, and shit on it? or no, no, it's actually, I'm pretty sure it's a live album. Okay. It's uh, the first time this symbol really showed up. Okay. And um, has 
uh, I, my brother gave it to me because okay. I just got this record player. Sure. So I have the most badass record player. Not Reckoning. Nope, not nope. Reckoning. Nope, nope. Damn. Reckoning's the the uh, acoustic album. Uh, has the song. Uh, I only it only came with. I only got it with uh, one out of two of the vinyl. Um, a Ship of Fools is on it. Mississippi Half Step is on it. Oh. Um, it's. I want to say eighties. Maybe it's 70s. 70s. I would say 70s. Well, yeah. I don't know. 70s. Let's it was 70s, here. not 80s. Yeah. Um, Couldn't tell you the year. But it's white and it just has the original. That. God, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyway. Steal Your Face. Is that what it's Steal called? Steal Your Face. That's what it is. That's okay. what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Right there. Yeah, but 76. He, he's Gone is on it, but I don't have that, that one. I have uh, two out of. Uh, uh, two, not the one out of two. Uh, All right, so seventy-six, Promised Land, Cold Rain and Snow, Around and Around, Stella Blue, Mississippi Half Step, yep. Ship of Fools, Beat It on Down the Line, and then Big River, River Black Third Wind, U.S. Blues, El Paso, Sugary, Must Have Been the Roses, Casey Jones. Yep. So I have one of two. Woo! Two of two. All tracks recorded live at Winterland, San Francisco. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so that was my. So first your brother record. gave that to you. He gave it to me. So okay. I just got this new record player. Me and my grandma was. 13, 14, went to an estate sale. I'm like, Grandma, I don't want to go to this estate sale. Like, what? <laughs> Whatever. Right. We it's show up. And water it's really if you want it. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, uh, there's this really cool old vintage house. Um, and there's this company that was selling all of the stuff in the house. Okay. I don't really know any backstory about it, but really cool vintage house. And they were selling everything in the house for half off. So I walk by this awesome console record player that's i mean beautiful beautifully designed and it's like this big console record player it's playing a just record. smells like the 70s right yeah. exactly yep cigarette smoking <laughs> uh, right sawdust and i don't know right uh yeah it was refurbished well no it's from the 50s but refurbished okay in the 70s. okay um and but it was it was beautiful and uh, magnavox made by magnavox Heck yeah um it was playing and uh said it was uh 50 bucks so it was 25 dollars. everything's half off and so i got this amazing record player for 25 dollars uh she found a friend that had a truck you know nice and came and picked it up and at the time i didn't even understand what i was buying um, <laughs> since then my mom's boyfriend went to an auction to get a jukebox record player um it spins little well, 40 45s yeah yep. uh and he got that for like two thousand dollars. Oh it shit! Wasn't working. Oh no, that was it's my first expensive. question. It's expensive, and he had one the different brand, but almost looked identical to mine. That wasn't working. That sold for a thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just got this sure. beautiful record player for twenty five dollars, and it's the best sounding stereo system I've ever had. I've had multiple. You stereo still have systems. it. I still have it. Oh so, wow. Yeah, okay. I have a huge uh, record collection. Um, oh wow, you yeah, do. I nice. Vinyl, yes. Okay. Yeah. How long has that been going? Since the day I got that record player. Okay. Yep. Wow. Since I was 13, 14. So, how many shows have we seen together? We you were at uh Festival 8, right? Yep, Festival 8. And yep, then we've definitely so that's 3. We've definitely done at least one Dicks run together. Maybe Wait, Festival 8. Festival 8 was in California. I didn't do a California. Okay, all right. No. So I did Dicks. I right. think it was Year eight for y'all. Okay. I think it was year eight is what so, that's what I'm saying. But Festival Eight, 
uh, I did. JD, JD was there, and uh, and somebody else. Oh, my cousin Cameron. Cameron. Him, they're a year apart. Yes. Yes. And then they, uh, did, they did a bunch of like there was one in New Mexico or something. Okay. And one okay. in Colorado and California. All right. So we've d- you only did one year, at Dicks. I did one year, Dicks. Um, and was that the year I've you inherited my- the? Brazilian. <laughs> yep, I forgot about that. You still yep. have it? Yes, I do. Nice. Yes, I do. Uh, yep, that's the year I inherited that. Okay. Um, so is that it? Or is that, are those the only? I went. I've been to like all the Kansas City ones. Okay. Since 2012. Okay. All right. So uh, I remember 2012. Uh, I just kind of I was like started wandering off on my own uh-huh. at about that time. So it was like I don't necessarily remember you. No. Right. What about uh the Transtonio band? Yeah, I don't know. I think the only show besides yeah, Pink Talking Fish yeah, would just be sticks, okay. Yeah. So the year that I think it was the same year that you inherited the suit, there was a a vehicle, uh, like a truck or that some, we had or someone else had. Yeah, that you had that maybe was a recent acquirement, um, like an old school was like it a van maybe. Uh, that we rode in to the festival? Perhaps. Uh, it was a... Uh, that van was a white with a wood panel that, on the outside. Yes. It was a 91 grand... Okay. Grand something. Or it was 91, something. huh? Yeah. It Is old. it still around? No, uh, that got wrecked. Okay, yeah, okay. Wrecked. But I mean, it, it was... Had, it had the... the uh, white with the wood paneling on the outside yep. the wood paneling on the inside and it was maroon interior it was pretty pimp it was pimp and needed some work when you so who whose was it uh jd's okay brothers. did he inherit it and then it needed some work no, and he bought it uh this guy he uses a work van just in town and so it had like one hundred forty thousand miles on it. right and um one day he didn't know anything about cars and one day he said all everything on the the dash just started going crazy and all of his lights and things started going crazy and he stopped working. Oh. And he said, it's not going to work. So he sold it for 200 bucks to my brother. Okay. And my brother said, this sounds like, in his head, he's like, that sounds like a serpentine belt. Hauled it off, bought a new serpentine belt, put it on there for like 15 bucks, you know, put it on there and he had a new van that we drove to Colorado. Wow. Yeah. It was a head turner. Yeah. I mean, you see that, yeah. you don't see those. Uh, Anyway, it, it stands out because the the vehicle and the tracksuit combined was like, <laughs> yep. yo. <laughs> yep. That this, was a good time that, that weekend. Yeah, it was. was. Like one of my favorite festivals I've ever been to. Um, so, um, you know, b- banger name, banger <laughs> first uh, album. Yeah. And then uh, what did you say your first, not Garth Brooks, what did you say your first show? Concert, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy, okay. Um, and it, all that lines up to uh, a banger list of records. Um, and it's not the first time that uh, somebody has sent me a five spot where I, I look at it and for a half a second, I'm like, is this English? Because, you, <laughs> you know, the only, the saving grace in yours was one of your artists, which that I had heard of, which yeah. we'll get to. I was, I was trying to, uh, but, um nevertheless uh it's always like it's a roll of the dice you know because not everything's for everybody right, you know right. um so it's always like see right. see how this goes right so the stuff i bring it's it's for musicians for people who 
are musically inclined. They listen to things. Right. You so know, normally and, I want to take uh, the list that I get, and if it's not already in chronological order of release, I want to rearrange it, and, unless okay. I have a funny feeling. Oh, yeah. And with yours, I had a funny feeling, okay. so I, I got to leave it the way it is, okay. so we're yeah. jumping. But it starts off uh, with Blackness, B-L-A-C-K-N-U-S-S, by Rasan Roland Kyle. Kirk. Kirk. Rasan Roland Kirk. Can't even read my own handwriting. 1971, uh, out of Columbus... ran out of time otherwise i would have put That's the track okay. listing yeah, on there I for have you that vinyl nice yep uh columbus ohio blind by age two tenor sax flute etc 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 right uh fascinating cat to say the least um underground <laughs> jazz scene activist vibe about him which i've have kind of always associated with you yeah, uh, I, so. I I feel like we must have crossed paths at one other show, right, right. besides Pink Talking Fish, and right. just kind of like a hey man, good to yeah. see you. Kind of, anyway, um, h- how did you get turned on to this guy? COVID. Um, okay, I uh, found on Prime a documentary about him called uh, "Case of the Three Sided Dream." Ooh, so. I watched this and I'm a saxophone player and I thought, why have I never heard of this person? He's the most influential jazz musician you've never heard of. Right. Um, He would consistently play three horns at the same time. He had three saxophones at the same time. And he would do that. Um, You know, a lot of people would say it's a gimmick, you know, so people look at him. Uh, he heard that in a dream. So he's blind. He got blind. He had this eye problem when he was two years old, and they gave him silver nitrate in his eyes, and it was too much, and it made him blind. And they said, sorry, kid, you know, back in the 40s or whenever. Good luck out there. Yep. Fuck. And uh, he had a friend that played saxophone. He got him into saxophone. and Well, he had this dream that he was playing these two melodies right on top of each other at the same time, you know, and this is... You know, when jazz was the most prominent, you know, new form of music. Right. And, you know, he heard this thing in his head and it was a different saxophone. So it wasn't a normal saxophone. And uh, I forget the name of what they actually call it. But he went out and sought out these instruments that he heard in his dream. (coughs) And so he put together a tenor saxophone, a what is equivalent to a tenor saxophone, but it's straight. It's okay. kind of curved right here and then straight down and the bell just comes straight. And then another saxophone. Uh, what, what's a flugelhorn? Kind of, a flugelhorn is a uh, trumpet, uh, but it's like a little bigger, a little bit darker of a tone. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, he would play brass instruments as well. Uh, he'd play the nose flute um, while he was playing. So would you play, say the nose flute? The nose flute. No while, way. While he's playing the flute it's at the like, same time. It's in your nose? Yes. Or, really? Yeah. He'd have it all hanging from his neck, and he'd play the nose flute while playing the flute at the same time. He was a better flutist than most flutists. Right. Like, <laughs> I s- swear, he, seriously. And so he just had this way of looking at music so completely differently. Yeah. Um, uh, he instantly became my favorite saxophone player, not because he could play multiple horns at the same sure. time, but because of his circular breathing. Yeah, he viewed breathing completely differently than most humans. Well, it was circular breathing is a technique where you breathe in through your nose and 
uh, or you breathe out, you know, normally, and you store this breath in your cheeks. So your cheeks puff out a little bit, you know, um, and then you expel the air from your cheeks through your instrument, or you can do it while singing too. Right. Um, but you're breathing in through your nose while creating a steady stream of sound. So you would hear, he has songs that are 10 minutes long recorded too, that you hear and you don't hear him stop playing the saxophone. You might hear him take a little second break, but that was on purpose. Right. He wanted yeah. that silence there. Well, so I saw, you know, I'm sort of scanning and, and I see something that, wait, what? And it's this idea of having uh, a melody coming from one instrument and then another one coming from another. And, and yep. it's him. And it's yeah. simultaneous. And he would I'm play like, two melodies on top yeah. of each other. And so I'm like... The first thing I think of is uh, Trey is uh, he loves his loops. Yes. And so yes. He, he can do the first one that comes to mind and doesn't make it the best, but is sort of this whale call, you know, and so you can play that and then he whatever with his foot yeah. thing and he get you know, And so now that's going and then right. he can sort of noodle on top of that. And I'm like, so he's like using his feet feet to record something that he's then going to play over with his in but this guy's doing it all with his air pipes all with his air pipes with two different horns and i was like how the fuck do you not pass out (laughs) a third tone yeah that's crazy and how do you not pass out that's a good that's a good point yeah that's part of the circular breathing right so in tune with his breathing he doesn't have to breathe just in and out. Right. He can wow. breathe in and out and around. That is fucking circular breathing. Mind blown um, emoji. There's a, in that documentary, there's a scene where uh, his trombone player, um, he's talking about how one song he was trying to hold a note, you know, and he can circular breathe, but it takes a lot out of you. You have to take a breath at some time, at right. some point. Right. But Rasan Roland Kirk didn't have to take a breath at some point. He was breathing, so he ended up, you know, last note. Bah, and he dropped down and he tried to go back in and get back into it. And Rasan put out his hand and put him down. Later, after the show, he comes to me and says, Hey, man, once you're out, you're out. And he said, Okay, once I'm out, I'm out. The next show, the next night, he said he's playing. And he really just like focused. And he brought in tune his breathing with Rasan's breathing. And he would, you know, circular breathe the way he would do it. And he said he almost felt this aura of energy come up over him from Rasan up and around him. And he said he could breathe like that no problem. Once you're out, you're out, meaning like pass uh, out? When you're holding the last note, you know, when you're a horn instrument, you can only play that note as much air as you have. I see. But you can't come back into it and hit it again. Try to pick it up where you... I see, I see. Okay. Wow. That's trippy. Unless it's written that way. Right. Because he would do this thing where at the end of his song, you know, big final thing, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix lit his guitar on fire or whatever. He would break a chair. Okay. So he'd take a chair and destroy it. And he's blind, so he's just hitting it. He's just hitting it, man. Whoa. And, and that was part of the symbols are crashing. He's breaking a chair. Sure. Trombone's going. Rawr, 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 rawr. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he worked with Mingus, Roy Haynes, Quincy Jones. Yeah. Uh, he was a huge activist with all of those guys. When I um, 
first, you know, like uh, I kind of grew up listening to oldies and then uh, I lived in the classic rock bubble for many years right. and wanted to like uh, the way that I, I began and grew my collection was like I wanted to hear non-radio hits by the yeah. artists. And so for a short bit, I, I was I was I was into Jethro Tull. Uh, you know, I had an older next door neighbor that used to, that used to gig in, in a band for like 10 years. And he, I think he told me to check out, uh, this was, okay. which is their first record. Okay. Um, and, uh, serenade to a cuckoo. Mm-hmm. I've always associated like that is a, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a cover of his. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jethro Tull's co- uh, like, I, yeah. I was like, what? Yep. Holy. Anyway gigged with zappa at least yeah. once in 69 um, actually zappa on his first album hot rats uh he has that list of names uh or maybe I, not hot freak rats. out freak out That's mothers of invention you're right you're right with the mothers of invention he has on the inside cover a list of artists that inspired him right you know? he's listed he's listed um 28 studio records this is number 20 do you know a lot of his stuff <clears throat> i do i do quite a bit of his stuff and is it all as good as this is it just gets better and better it's this this one i mean 11 tracks just under 45 minutes opens with ain't no sunshine oh which is we all know is a bill withers tune but both of them came out in 71 he plays on the flute and he almost speaks the words sings the words while he's playing the flute yeah but it's perfect. And the flute's but coming out. But so of it. weird that they both came out in '71. I'm like, did right. Bill Weathers write it? And see, that's the thing. It's like almost he had the sense of almost like what a DJ does today. You're trying to play the hot new stuff that people or producers are coming out okay. with for the club. You know so I mean? he's playing doing that with the jazz club. Um, and yes, Bill Withers did write that. I know, but I mean, <laughs> uh, you but know, right, there's, it makes you think. There's the scene in uh, Ray. Did you ever see uh-huh. the Ray Charles oh, movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he's going to get paid after a gig, uh-huh. and the dude tries to take advantage Visual. of the fact that he's blind. Yeah. Anyway, uh, from there it goes into a hybrid of two Marvin Gaye cuts. What's going on in Mercy, Mercy Me? Yeah. Whoa, dude. And uh, it's the most. It's my favorite. It's the most insane version I've ever heard. You know, he's playing three instruments up here and there, and it's crazy. And yeah and he, uh, you know uh Rassan, he would walk around by himself too he didn't have a cane okay he'd walk around playing the saxophone wow like uh yeah uh there's a cover of my girl and really the treats just keep coming uh old rugged cross oh. has like this jam in it oh yeah that is to die for it's the best example of tension and release I okay you. okay that tension of one note that's not quite the perfect note and he just holds it but i mean this is 1970 a... uh 71 yeah. but i mean people like weren't doing that yet i mean no. like you have zeppelin and floyd and the dead and so forth and folks that are like you know flushing out set but there's uh, a good portion of the middle of that tune. Uh, he's just going nuts, and the and the rhythm behind him is just mm-hmm. killing yeah. it. I mean, really, really I, impressive. I, honestly, that's one song I I put on. I'm not a super religious person, you know. Uh, I believe in some spiritual sense, but that's a song I put on in hard times. Okay, and that, that version as a saxophone player, sure. Me, that's a that right there. Um, I put it on, and I just. 
I can almost feel myself in his shoes. Right. You know, when I'm playing saxophone myself, I, I, there's times where I feel a very spiritual yeah. sense about yeah. it. And I feel so how, how long someone else playing through, through you? Yeah. How long have you been playing? For 10 years now. Okay. Uh, first instrument? Uh, my first instrument was the drums. Okay. I wanted to play the drums. And my mo- grandma got me drum lessons in like sixth grade. Okay. And uh, then in middle school when we started a band, I was like, oh, I have drum lessons. I'm going to be a drummer. And they didn't take me out of like nine people. I made a really good sound out of the saxophone. Um, so I did saxophone. What, you tried out for band? Yeah. And didn't they? Well, well, everybody could join band, oh. but only certain people could do certain positions. Right, So right. there's the top okay. there's the positions everybody wants to do, and the whole band can't do percussion. Right. You know? Okay. The whole orchestra, band. Wow. Band, and that. so that was your pivot? That was my pivot. Uh, my cousin uh, played drums. I always thought he was cool. <laughs> oh, he is cool, actually. Right. <laughs> but uh, he uh, also, he picked up the saxophone a little bit, you know. Okay. Um, and I was just like, well, try that. And I sure. sound, and I sounded better than most kids at the time, you know. And for years, I was first chair, you know. I was right. really good. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, I did uh, all kind of extracurriculars, too. I played with this band outside of high school called Five Star Jazz Band. Nice. Um, that was a collective of kids in high school that want to do more jazz music. And they brought in uh, a retired band teacher, okay. um, Robert Drummond, and they would uh, play classic big band jazz stuff. Nice. Um, and we would play around town for money, and we'd take all the money and put it back into the band so we could travel, we could do competitions, we could buy better instruments, you know. Um, I ended up being a part of that for like, three and a half years wow recorded a cd with them okay in school um helped set that up and organize all of it um, dang uh huge one of um i've got a couple fish biographies one of them uh talks about and i had heard this before but it's always nice to read it in the official but uh, uh as soon as they started gigging uh they had uh, an unofficial or official i don't know agreement that any revenue brought in from gigging would just go back into to like gear yeah you know yep, yep, uh, to better their and, and that's they just kept with it and then uh fast forward to cool. yeah uh the do their road manager now yeah like uh, he was like I, I remember back in the days when you know it, they, they just had a van and would drive and then and they brought me on board and and i you know sort of laid the ground stones for the gear and how it it gets taken care of and moved right. from, and he goes, right. I remember having this thought one day where, uh, I thought, Oh man, how cool would it be to like, see the upcoming tour, the right. list of cities and go, I know those venues, we're going to need trailers 11 and 17. Right. And he's like, and that's where we are now. Right. And I was like, Oh my, cause they just did that. Just kept putting it back into more gear, better gear, bigger, you know? Yep. Yep. It, you know that's that's what we're doing right now. I feel like yeah. So uh, so you've been playing for ten years and you you gig locally. Yeah, I gig. And tell uh, me tell me your handle again. Uh, the Cheeto Flow. The Cheeto Flow with no W. Uh, or does it have a W? No, it has a w okay, w. okay. Yep. The Cheeto Flow. So is that like uh, also a handle for your socials or yep. and that's also a handle for my socials. All one word. Yep. The Cheeto all Flow. One word, all one word. Straight 
through. So you you gig solo and with people or um usually with a dj you my main right, right. thing that i do right now is with dj alpha cat um, i know that name who is also styles oh yeah okay right, yep. uh, <laughs> right. And, uh, he uh how, how often are you guys gigging well we play once a month at the phoenix at the okay uh, every first so you Thursday. still have ties to yep. that spot okay yep, definitely nice um and then we also play uh we play at the nighthawk we've played there a couple times now we're about to play there on april 12th um we play uh record bar we're playing there okay next month in march um, um we played there last month the i have this uh somewhat consistent occurrence where uh i have an experience and i'm like i'm gonna that's going to be my thing now. Yeah. Like, um, sometimes it's organic and yeah. it surprises me. Right. And then sometimes I like some other thought happen. I decide on a thing like a couple of times I've been like, you know what? I'm going to like try to make myself a Bruce Springsteen fan right. and right. I'll like start. And then I'm like, no, that's just not <laughs> anyway. A lot of things like that where I have that thought. And I remember going to a show at the Phoenix um, a handful of years ago now, and like, I went because this kid that was cooking for me worked nights there. Also, um, what was his name? Bobby. Nope, I never worked with Bobby. Yeah, um, quite a few people there. And God, I don't know if he had ties with this. He definitely had ties with his cat TJ, who does gigs for the Royals now, like chef wise. Uh, um, and he was at, he's been a number anyway, um, hearing about it, hearing about it, like kind of being like, I mostly believe that this is a real thing that he has this job that he goes to at nights, but I've never heard of this place. And then I went and I was like, Oh my God, like this is, how did I not know? And it's and it's got like a, a, I don't know what size, but it's got a scene attached to it. Yeah. Like there are folks that go there, yeah. Oh, yeah. some more oh, often yeah. than others. But okay, it, and our, it's our regular. It's like uh, it's a Billy Joel piano man type of bar, but you never know where you're going to hear in there. Right, and I remember being like. I'm going to become a regular here and I, I've never been back, you know, just cause that's how I'm like, huh? and then it's like, what was I talking about? You know, right. just, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed my experience there. Uh, and I think you can always have a good conversation there. They have live music. Sure. And it's, I also remember feeling like, um, this, and, and at that time, uh, again, a handful of years ago, not knowing how long it had been around, uh, I remember having the feeling of like, this is cool enough that I need to be responsible for gathering people right. and turning because it feels like it's just barely hanging on and could just fall. It could use some help. Well, that, that this is again, like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, maybe oh, 10 years ago. Fair enough. Um, changed. so uh, has it, it's changed a little bit. Uh, there is, we do some more, they do some more soul music now. Uh, we have obviously stepped in with a DJ and a saxophone right. player. Okay. Uh, we, you know, with what we do, we do anywhere from house music to hip hop music to uh, jazz and funk. And we'll do some, we'll throw, we'll throw a little bit of everything in there, you know. Um, this is, uh, 
uh, you guys are gigging together and residing together. Yes. And it's it's chilling. It's, it's, it's honestly yes. I was not sure how it was gonna work at first. We were both kind of like. You know, like he needed a place to stay, and originally it was just gonna be like, yeah, you know what, you're moving, and you just need a place to stay for like two months, no big deal. And then it just kind of like it's been super chill. It's been so chill. Like we both. Like- well, because where I go is, um, you know, uh, you can always make adjustments to your living situation, or, or mo- most times you it's you, you have options. Yeah. Uh, I would hope, uh, but like you know that sort of the the stage and performance relationship sort of has to live under a some kind of precious cover because right, you don't right. want to mess this with we have a thing you right. don't want to mess that up right. and so those worlds collide i mean yes, they, they you, have you have to be a, with, you got to be adults yes, both of you it's, it's collided before with women with our direction in music with you know how much we're each other are making you know what i mean and we try to share those things with each other um, I mean, not just like women, but like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, hey, some, hey sometimes whatever know, works, man, there, there's been some times where, uh, you know, he's picked up a chick where I was like, slept with someone that I brought home and I was like, what the fuck? But then I slept with someone that he brought right. home. I was like, okay, I see how it goes. Right. You know, it's like, you have to be adults about it. You right. You can't just throw a fit. Yeah. I, I, I had to learn that, you know, he's been very cool, but that was, that was like our one little hiccup, but. Goddamn women. It, <laughs> right. We could share the women. We could share the wine. Right. And like, fuck. Um, but it, it's it's been cool, too, because it's like, as an artist, you know, every, you want to go on tour at least once, you know, um, and just to experience it. And I love traveling. I, w- I love getting paid to travel. I've done seasonal jobs, you know. Um, and I think people really enjoy what we do. Yeah, you know, um, so, uh, so it, it works really well living together and tours a little more, con- you know, compact. Yeah, I feel like it, this is a good practice for that. And I think what will happen is we'll go on tour one day and whatever that means, you know, we'll go on a Midwest tour or whatever, you know, we'll go on a tour one day and then we'll like. You know, find our own spots. I mean, know? but it works out really well. They can't all be Uncle Jake, man. I tell you what. <laughs> no. So no. good luck to you. And unfortunately, I'm the Uncle Jake. So okay, <laughs> you know, okay. in this situation, yeah. you know, I'm the one that's like really chill. He gets stressed out about something sometimes. You know, you know. Yeah, that would be that. Yeah, uh, but I'm more of just like so. Whatever. The, the, tell me one more time the ha- the handle again. Cheeto the, f- the Cheeto flow. The Cheeto flow. And yep. then, do you have stuff listenable online too? Um, currently like, I do not. Okay. Um, we are in the works of writing an album. Okay. It's going to be called After the Apple. Fucking um, living together, gigging together and writing a record together. Yep. Are you going to release it as a record? Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, it might be an EP. That's uh, cool. meaning it, you're not going to drop a track no, and then a track nope, and then a track. Nope. Okay. Um, he's done that. So he's, been, he's in his, he's 34. Okay. So he's been doing this for a while. He's right. a hip hop artist originally. He's been uh he's on a song with tech nine right it's called hard uh he's with uh, all of the strange music crew um some okay. of the strange music crew has been on some of his music um well so with us working together it's a branch out of both of our elements right I come from jazz he comes yeah, from hip-hop that's cool mixing them together to really bring a uh 
a vibration to any sure. any room. Do you know Kadesh Flow? Yes. He actually, he opened up for our, our last show at Record Room. Okay, yeah. he did an episode. Really? Yeah, let's see. Really? Uh, awesome. Episode what? 42. What? Yeah. Like right there. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I, I've, I've looked up to him for a while now. You know, he's doing some really cool things. I heard about 90.1. Nice. And he's doing the, you know, the jazz hip hop thing. Yeah. We're not, we haven't really fused the jazz hip hop with his music yet. Sure. That's what this next album's going to be. Cool. We're going to be fusing all of these elements with us. Nice. And, you know, he has music out. I do not. Uh, I've been saxophone hey, for hire. You're for also 20 something. He's closer to you're my right. age. You're right. You're uh, right. So it'll just take it easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, going back to that feeling of uh, the initial glance at your list and um, is this English? And then like and then, of course, and then uh, well, some of these I got, I'm not entirely sure uh which is the album title and which is the artist name right, right? until i sit down and and put it all together right so right. going into a lot of uh unknown i was like that might have been the 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 hero or the hit you know right. record of the five right and so uh, kind of a, a high bar to set huge bar to set uh dirty horse by morbin from oh, man. 2022 oh man uh i have not been able to stop thinking about it isn't it incredible i <laughs> is it just blows you away you leaves you breathless i and, it, and speechless speechless breathless. uh yeah. okay so uh D danny dabin on guitar danny markovich on sax joe oh. nadell bass everett barton jr on drums out of Chicago, this is their newest. They go back to 2007 and some of them, a couple are originally from Israel. Yeah, the guitar and saxophone player, they're brothers. Brothers. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're from Israel. Okay. I, I yep. had, you know. Um, 10 tracks, 64 minutes, opens with the Freeman Massacre, oh. which just freaking slays. Slays. I was like, what? Shredding to the next level. I was like, what the fuck is yeah. that? I, I, yeah. The rest of this album guaranteed to be garbage. Right. Because there's no way you could record. Yeah, yeah. This is like, okay, yeah, you want your first song just to be the best and then whatever. Okay, so here's where I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, because tracks two through seven are three sets of two-parters. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dirty Horse Part One, which is sort of... Uh, a marriage of belly dancer and jazz metal with uh -huh. like a little circusy backdrop to it. I right. was like, right. I feel like I'm being put on. Right. I don't, this right. isn't, this is a joke. Right. This isn't, uh, There's no way they could be like, and like, then, uh, <laughs> you know, you, when you gave me your list, you said, uh, I don't know that I have a favorite or a top five, but this is, uh, part of your current great inspiration. Yes. This record's a year old. <laughs> How the know. fuck did you? So I've I've been listening to them since like 2016. Okay, so um, you knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. This was so actually last time they came to town, they played a mini bar, uh, which mini I bar. played at. Uh, it's a record record bar owns okay. mini bar, okay. and it's right over there off 38th and Broadway, uh, right by that gas station, the Shell. Oh uh, yeah, like cross street. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I've played shows there for a while now um it's a cool little spot you know it's small it's smaller than the record bar so like if you couldn't fill the record bar they'd put you at mini bar i see you know which okay. is really cool you know it's like oh we can't take you but this spot can't you know but 
they came to town. They played there, and I was just like, what? I have to show up. Well, I had to work that night. And I, sh- I was like, got to get off as fast as I can, clean this grill, get out of here, you know. And I got there as fast as I could, and I, when you come in, there's a bar down here, and then you go upstairs, and at the top of the stairs, you pay for the show, and then the show's upstairs. And uh, I ran up there, and, like, they're all off the stage, and the lights are up, and, you know, oh, saxophone's no. been put in. Yeah. Saxophone's been put into the, uh, you know, on the stand, and I'm like, man, I missed it. But their merch was still out, and they had vinyl. And I was like, oh, give me two of your vinyl. Give me two of these. And uh, bought two of them. And then the uh, the one guy, uh, Danny, the guitar player, he comes over. He he was, you know, they didn't have a merch guy. You know, oh, one of their friends was just like, hey, yeah, Danny, come here. And, uh, you know, they're driving themselves across the, across country, you know. and What? Yeah. No, these guys, they'll drive around. They'll It'll be, they'll be. You know, they'll have a show in a week apart from each other. So they'll post on Facebook. Hey, does anyone want to book us for this between these dates, between these places? We can go within 200 miles, you know? And yeah. that, that has worked? It, yes. Wow. Yes. They they are like. That's bananas. It's like a punk. It's a punk mindset. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Just surviving out here as a traveling musician. But they, they just shred and take music to the next level they take fusion music to the next level and you know so anyways i bought two of their records and i said hey man you smoke some weed and he was just like he looked over at his rubber and he says hey do we want to smoke some weed and then laughed and then we're uh came downstairs smoked some weed with me and uh i had like i don't know a quarter of weed left so probably some more at home and uh they asked me, they were like, hey, you know, like, we're traveling out here. Like, we, we're we not going to make it to Colorado for a few more days. Can we get some weed off of you? Right. That, you know? I was like, dude, I'll just give this to you. And I gave it to them, and they ended up hooking me up with three of their CDs and a shirt. Um, wow. Yeah. And you bought vinyl? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well. Uh, and they're really wholesome guys. They all have families. They're I'm like, sure. They're really great people, but. Uh. So, you know, going back to the Kirk, thinking the Kirk record must be, it was so good, it must be the best, and then immediately blown <laughs> away by the, and then the part one, and then part two uh, of Dirty Horse, uh, some conga line symphony harmonizing element to it that is just fucking fantastic, yeah. and not the same as not part one. Yeah. Um, and movements. I was like, okay, like orchestral movements brought into a f- yes. fusion. Now, okay, now we'll see the drop off. Right. And uh, Sid Yiddish, uh, Sid oh, Yiddish, well, parts one and two down a little bit, and you think it might be dropping off, but no, no, no. Solemn, no. rich, complex, zappa e. Exactly. Uh, first part uh, and a thrashy, Bela Flecky kind of second Sexy. part. Yeah. I mean, okay, without question, now we'll have the drop off. Uh, and World of Computers, uh, I teared up. Yeah, dude. Um, Seriously. I wrote, I'm out of words. Yeah. Um, This is mind-bending, globally gorgeous. It's like the American South and Greek nighttime bazaar kind of, uh, and that's that's part one. I mean, part two is uh, where I teared up, and I I felt like, you know, talk about, uh, psychedelics. Yeah. I felt like uh, I was listening to the soundtrack of a time lapse video of my life. Right. 
and like some of the sounds that I'm hearing are associated with parts of the world I've never been to. Right. But still, I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" It's moving. I haven't. I don't know that I've ever had as profound a first listen to anything. I mean, I could come up with a couple. Right. But whoa. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You're, you're I mean, dude. You're welcome. Seriously. Um, so. Uh, you know, by the time we get to headless chicken, I'm spent. Right, and that that's right. not for me anyway. Right, it's a, it's it's a, just, that's the point. It's a headless yeah, chicken. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, midnight. Just, if that's what you care about, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> midnight squirrel and and radio school to close the thing out. No slouches. Right. Um, but that opener and those three two parters uh, really fucking blew my doors off. And I, uh, uh, you know, there's a a varying level of obligation for me to say the records you gave me are awesome. <laughs> right. you know, this, no, I get that. This no, is, I get that. Um, but I'm not blowing smoke here. Uh, it, music, if you allow it can, over time can change you, you know, yeah. no, it does. who knows how many times, maybe it's just once you were this guy and music changed you. Now you're this guy, but it can, right. you know, it, well, it's a language, and when you right. speak more and more of it, whether you speak or listen, it it can influence the way you the way you feel, yeah. and the way you uh, perceive things. Really. Yeah. Um. So we have three more to go. Yeah. Um. Uh, I know I don't want to keep you here all night, but no, I need to make sure he's good and get him yeah. in, and then we'll dive back into the cool. All right. All right. Um. So, uh, from there we go to 2017 Harmony of Difference, Kamasi, Washington, Washington. uh, six songs, 32 minutes, um, 20 seconds into track one, I'm sold. I mean, uh, LA based saxophonist who's played on a Kendrick Lamar record, played with Herbie Hancock, Lauren Hill, Nas, Snoop Dogg, George Duke, Run the Jewels, many more, um, six records, four EPs, a few side projects. I just discovered this dude. I'd like to note he's the one who brought Thundercat to the light. For real? Yeah. Okay. Thundercat's his bass player. Okay. His original uh, debut album, The Epic, which him and a group of however many musicians, including Thundercat, uh, wrote or rented uh, 30 days worth of professional studio recording time and wrote. That's not cheap. And wrote a lot of music. It was either 80 or 180 songs they wrote. Uh, in 30 days of all of theirs. Uh, this is the epic that they wrote. Uh, the Harmony of Difference is my favorite because, which I have on vinyl. Nice. Uh, this is the only one I don't have on vinyl. Okay. Um, uh, oh, and Prodigy Productions, but that's because that's not on vinyl. Right. Um, uh, but uh, this is, uh, um, it's just, you know, starting with the name harmony, yeah, uh, yeah, difference. You know, it's you. It brings harmony and difference, and it, well, it's hard to describe without listening. To yeah, it, you know? um, con- conceptual concept yeah. album. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, truth and desire, desire, humility, knowledge, perspective, integrity, and truth. Yeah. And um, I didn't get. I mean, it's, I, I checked it all out. It's all fantastic, but I didn't get deep enough to appreciate the uh, supposedly uh, 
truth is like a, an incorporation of the first five or, or something to that. There's some kind of tie, which would take more so than on, one. On the vinyl, it's all the first five are on the, you know, on one and on the other side. Nice. The truth. You know, wow. Sums it all up. Right. Uh, just a fantastic record. Uh, when I was mentioning reaction videos, there's a couple of dudes called lost in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would say if something like really blew their mind, they would say not just playlist, stay list. Uh, <laughs> right. and this is in that category yeah. for me. Uh, just, just a fantastic little jewel. Yeah. He, uh, he actually wrote the soundtrack to uh, Michelle Obama's documentary. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Coming on, uh, I believe, Hulu, maybe something. Wow. Well, uh, from um, writing the soundtrack to Michelle Obama's uh, documentary to being invited to perform for the Obamas, Rodrigo E. Gabriela, Area 52. The only art that was the artist that I knew. knew yeah, uh, yeah. Everything else was uh, fresh exposure. Um, and this one features Cuba as an acronym. Uh, tw- I saw one place I saw 12, one place I saw 13 member Cuban orchestra yeah. yep. that gigs with them on this. Yep. What were you yep. about to that's say? That, well, that's what Cuba is, is uh, uh, the orchestra that right. performs with them in that traditional Cuban sense, you know? Right. Uh, so we started in Ohio, went to Chicago by way of Israel uh-huh. to LA, uh, for Kamazi Washington, uh, to Mexico. really origins in a lot of African music. Right. But now to, to Mexico city. Mexico city yeah. Uh, so five studio albums for them. This is number three, three live albums and an EP soundtracks for president Obama, uh, won a Grammy. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, like I said, uh, the one of your five that I knew. Uh, how did they land up, wind up in your lap? Uh, so I took a, I did a seasonal job out in California. Cool. Uh, worked at this camp, blah, blah, blah. Sprained my ankle severely where my whole leg was swollen up and I couldn't even put my shoe on. You, you couldn't know, start like, in the Super Bowl um, in two weeks? No, goodness <laughs> gracious. I mean, maybe if it was the Super Bowl. Shout out to the uh, Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. Super Bowl champions. Woof. So you um, sprained your ankle pretty bad? Pretty bad. I'm not that uh, athletic, not as athletic as those guys. But uh, came back, and I didn't have anything going on because sprained ankle. And my brother said, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. You're going to Rodrigo Gabriela. Uh, Starlight at um, Uptown. Okay, okay. And I had no idea who they were. Sure. What what year is this? He said they play guitar. There's two people that play guitar. Yeah. And I was like, What year is this? 2018. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, I was like, I I don't know who these people are. I was like, I better eat some LSD. Oh shit! You know, I I don't. The two people play guitar. What? Right. What's gonna happen? Whatever. And. I show up and I'm like sitting down, you know, so I find some seats in the back. So I have I not have with your brother. I am with my brother. Oh, okay. I'm with my brother. We show up and I'm sitting down and turns out it's packed house, sold out show, you know? And I'm like, what? How did these people sell out a house without me at least knowing, <laughs> knowing about yeah. them? And I, Kurt Vile came to uh, Liberty Hall in, in, in Lawrence in October and somebody hit me up. I'm like, you want to go? I was fucking insulted that I didn't know. And I was like, Yes, please. Right, I, right, please. I want to go. 
You're like, how do these people fucking sell us? Right. Like, and yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? And they came out and uh, Gabriella just went with her hand. And I was just like, what? What I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and then he kicked in and uh, it, it just, they just went crazy. They had the entire building of. Anywhere from people wearing tie-dye t-shirts to old dudes you're that wearing cowboy hats, you know? Like, that it seemed very, I don't know, I'm trying not to judge people, sure. but, you know, it seemed very conservative. More conservative you know? than the yeah. tie-dye shirt. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole crowd just up standing out of their seats and moving, you know, with two guitars. And, I mean, the, oh, it was just, I have never seen anyone play guitar like that in my entire life up until that point, and... It blew me away. And then later I found, probably two or three years ago, I found this album here with all the horns, and I'm a horn player. And yeah, man. The way they orchestrate it all together is just flawless. Uh, on, uh, I mean, nine songs, 34. The, root, the word, but... Itapa? Yeah, yes. Itapa? It's... You know, they have uh, one of the Shankars, uh, one of the Shankars come in on sitar. And so they're mixing the sitar in there and just that solo and that just gives me goose. Yeah, man. Dude. Um, so it's a short one, nine songs, 34 minutes, but it's yep. full of surprises, feel good vibes across the board. Uh, n- no duds or skips. Uh, and so no disrespect to anything, but 11, 11. Yeah, in the in the four hole is something really really special. It is really really special. Uh, And then Diablo Rojo cooks uh, with that Rodrigo y Gabriela energy that you just know. You know that you said I could see it and hear it when you said she came out and you know, and then he comes in uh like I'm not a I'm not a little. It's a little flick of the all four or all five fingers and the wrist all at the same time. They're all hitting different strings at different times, Mm -mm. up or down. Uh Uh-uh. Like no way. She's not just up here doing this. She's down here doing all this too. That's nuts. Crazy. And doing percussion. They're doing percussion too. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, you know, surprised that their discography is as small as, as it is, but I, right. they, but, but right. they've got to be, I bet they're all bangers. I mean, oh, man. I doubt oh, they've man. put out an album that's kind of, eh, cause to hear it. just, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned, uh, prodigy, uh, by prodigy productions yeah. 2021. And you said, uh, it's not on vinyl. It's no. not like it doesn't have, it doesn't appear in his discography. As a record, it's just kind of like a one-off kind of something unique about it. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. Really what it is, is it's, uh, I was there for a part of all of that being wrote, wrote written. That's Seriously? the producer that I work with, Prodigy Productions. That is Wait, did I understand correctly that this dude was one half of Mob Deep, or am I, am I wrong? Mob Deep? Yeah. Um, the- I'm not sure okay that. oh so this person you know this person i know this person's a good friend of mine and they're still around yes okay yes um, i don't think they're probably Bob deep so uh, is it this yes this is it okay i uh, mean prodigy productions i i got some bad info but i was like wait what yeah anyway uh, nine songs 25 minutes also yeah, short very short um but cool he almost he's almost rocking the brazil suit in yeah that, right uh, that's exactly right right um 
so, so tell, I got I got nothing good then. So tell you got to tell me all the things. He's my most positive um, uh, influence that I know for creating music. He does all of his own all of these instruments that are in his picture. The guitar right here uh, is kind of one of his signatures. You know the the, the trombone, the the DJ. He produces. Uh, he's a drummer. You know he's in the drum line. Wow. He's a dancer. Okay. Uh, like a professional hip hop dancer. Nice. He's really good at it. Um, and you know this does, person how? Uh, through the Phoenix. Okay. Um, so are they I local? With him. Uh, yes. Okay. He's originally from Arizona. Okay. He currently lives in Arizona. Uh, I has see. Has a baby on the way, but he uh, lived here for years and years and years and years and years and created this out of his uh, apartment, and then he moved into a house. And he was the first person that made me realize my dream of being a musician for a living is possible. Amen. He's the person who showed me that I can make songs. I don't have to be in L.A. to know a record producer or a right. talent scout to create positive, to create music that expresses myself. Um, I watched him create half of those songs, uh, like while I'm sitting there. Like he was just like, we're sitting there, and I would be like, oh no, that sounds good. Dude, this like, shit is shit. dope. Right? It's very cool. He he. He has such a unique way of going about it. He's actually, his real name is Richard Johnny. Okay. Third. Oh, wow. His grandfather was a jazz musician. Okay. His father is also a uh, producer and taught him how to DJ and produce. Okay. And so he that's why he is prodigy. Now, now uh, right. When you say DJ, uh, are we talking about moving vinyl on and off of turntables or are he we can, talking electronic? He can do that. Okay. He can do that. Okay. That's usually when you see him live, you're not going to see him DJ. He's probably going to be using a controller, a MIDI controller of some sort, um, to create different beats and different flows. Um, so, uh, with his music and others. With, this has nothing to do with him, but, but yeah. and more to do with my question there. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, in case you are unaware, TikTok exists and can be a major, major time suck. Yeah. Um, I and it's got. I, th I think it's somewhat understood to have one of the better algorithms that we've ever seen. And yes, so, absolutely. like it, it, it yeah. I like stuff or watch stuff, and it gives me more of that. Yeah. And I tend to wind up liking a lot of that too. Yep. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm down a couple uh, hip hop lanes, and a couple DJ lanes, a mm -hmm. Chiefs lane, a bunch of different lanes. Yeah. Um, and so I wind up seeing a fair amount of clips of DJ stuff in studio or in production, and some stuff that's live. And I understand that um, it's not you know, two turntables and a mixer and a coffin and that's right. it. Like it right. once was, I understand that electronics and technology have taken us all these different routes. And I think there's a lot of positives to that, but a lot of times, you know, I seeing guys Plus pushing buttons. butt and they're, and they, they have yeah. so much time oh, yeah. on their hands that they're, they got to like oh, yeah. be a perpetual hype man for themselves. Yes. And yes. I'm like, with all that time, you could be like right. changing records. You, you could know, be scratching. You could be playing an instrument. Uh, something. I just and it just. I also believe me when I say try not to judge. I like that they're doing it. I like that I'm getting to see it and listen to it. 
but it's, it's the same thing on my iPhone, my you know, in my pocket. You know, I could put together. The I same feel uncomfortable watching yeah, it. Right, Just right. How much? How much right, of this? Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. You're not even paying attention to your mix. It seems like I've seen a lot of that, and that's part of what we're trying to mix. You know, instruments with all of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So he plays all of these instruments. He does all that. He's engaged. Yeah, he's hitting buttons, but he made the sound that that button produces right like literally made the sound for it that's uh, what part of being a producer is a knob so turn he's not a dj he's prodigy production right 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 so that's that's what that is sure and yeah and yeah he turns a lot of knobs presses a lot of buttons but he if you watch him play his instrument it's not spinning anything he's he's working with a midi controller and he'll play it he'll turn it around towards you you know so you can watch it and he's playing all like a uh, an instrument right you know? again no no now. disrespect to what now, he does I will, no right no now we'll go uh, uh dj alpha cat he uses a turntable and he doesn't spin vinyl yet you know we're getting there you know we don't have the equipment that shit's expensive uh-huh um, but uh we, uh, we i have vinyl. i have a pair of technics in a coffin tight th- that i would part with if it Pit and would, worked yeah you know yeah, yeah. i bought him like right when i got engaged i was like i'm gonna be a d it's the right. same i'm gonna be a dj and then it's just like i did not have two hundred dollars to right. spend on that but right. i own him now right right <laughs> anyway I mean, we talk about that right yeah, yeah uh but you know he you know my mom said uh she was like when she saw us play last time at the phoenix uh she said don't get me wrong like i love what styles does but I feel like you're working a lot harder than he is. Oh, yeah. See? And, you know, I'm blowing in the saxophone and going crazy. You know, I'm playing, you know, I'm blowing and moving my fingers and timing and I'm playing on every song, you know. And it looks like from a distance, he's back here just kind of. But between us, because we're a duo. Right. He's more of a conductor. Okay. So the conductor stands hey. up there and, you know, Absolutely. but he's such an important job. He cues me on things. He's like, hey, bro, right now, that big moment we talked about, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, he gives me that look. Or he'll be like, back it off, right. back off. Back off. Hey, or man. Yeah. he'll tell me, say, hey, walk around. Because I like to, with my saxophone, I have a, the wireless, you know? So I'll walk oh. up and I'll walk right up to someone's table and sit right down with them and start playing the saxophone <laughs> to them, you know? Nice. Um, people love that. But... That's one thing that has always turned me off of DJs. I don't go to Dance Festopia. Right. Because they're all up there as a hype man. They they made a mix way earlier. And don't get me wrong. You put a lot of work in that mix. Hell but yeah. I'm here to see live music. Yeah. If I can hear the same thing on, on SoundCloud, then I don't want to. Well, yeah. I, why would I pay for yeah. two, however much money for Right. Me? I want to see your live performance. I want to see you working your instrument that's why I like tipper as a dj okay you know? um he's up there he doesn't you don't see him he's in the and behind his whole thing and it's all visuals in front of him okay so like you know but he's just like watching the crowd and like interesting moving them the way they want you know the way you know if they see something that's not working yeah. he changes it up so that's how we kind of try to base our yeah uh, dj duo off of you know we we do something different for every ju- venue because it's a different crowd at every venue. Yeah. So you were present for a number of these tracks being written or yes. recorded or yes. whatever. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so what other are you, I mean, I know you 
kind of perpetually see shows. Have you seen anything amazing recently or are, are looking forward to something coming up? The most recent I saw was uh, at the Folk Alliance. The Folk the Alliance. The International Folk Alliance here, right here in Kansas City. Okay. Um, it is a uh, community of folk musicians, bluegrass musicians, American, any type of acoustic instrument you could possibly think of is brought there. Nice. Things you couldn't possibly think of right there. And every year they host uh, at the Wesson Hotel. They rent i'm pretty sure the entire building the weston hotel of crown center right um and they have like a five-day experience where you know in the in the ballrooms they'll have people from all over the world playing but in the rooms they'll have showcases so you know they take out the beds and it's no bigger than this room here and maybe a little bigger than this room here and and they have the musicians and wow. you, know, you just have you go from room to room nice. and see things from all over the world, International Folk Alliance. I saw this room with uh, Larry and Joe, which has been my newest, the probably the, the coolest new thing I've seen. They are mixing bluegrass and folk with uh, Larry's from uh, Venezuela, so I can't remember the specific music that they play, sure. but that you know Venezuelan kind of traditional music. Yeah. They're mixing bluegrass and those things, and it nice. do they're both they're bi- they're both bilingual. <laughs> fluent and so they're singing in both languages like you have to in send the same something. song i'm going to send you whatever you have a thing you can send on. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's amazing wow. and i didn't know i knew this happened i showed up years ago and stumbled into it almost and there's a couple old guys playing guitar and i was like this is really cool i enjoyed it but i don't know if i'd pay like a hundred dollars for it you know but this happens every year this happens every year you know and i or however much it is and yeah it happens every year well, this year, my friends uh, with the Whiskey Mash Band, they're bluegrass musicians, uh, Billy Brady and uh, Johnny Gleason. They um, they have a band, and they hosted a room, one of those rooms that were showcased. And they have late-night stuff all the way till 3 in the morning. Sure. Um, and so I got off work, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and went and picked up my instrument and showed up. And, you know, they let me, you know, I was a musician, you know, so yeah. they let me in. Your musician show up and, nice uh we i ended up seeing a bunch of shows and then i ended up playing with them on a couple of shows uh spontaneously and uh we're end up playing in the lobby of the western hotel till six in the morning damn just sitting around in a big circle just so jamming out does it happen like relatively the same weekend or week every year yeah, i think it's in february every year so it just happened it just happened oh, shit. like i had no idea like i re- i thought it was just a couple of people sitting around playing guitars no it was it was one of the coolest networking things i've experiences i've ever had as a musician wow like i mean from people from all over the world uh yeah the, uh larry uh is from venezuela uh larry and joe and then uh i saw right after them uh northern resonance from sweden okay they played instruments that uh were all resonating instruments so Two of them looked like things that were called, looked like violins, but they were called, could not tell you. Sure, sure. They were. They looked like violins. They looked like violins, but when you hit one string, there's resonating strings underneath them. Whoa. That like play different notes when you play different notes. Another guy played as, it looked like a viola, but had buttons. 
So he pressed buttons, and that also resonated. So they're all resonating instruments. Try and wrap. And we've never heard. Of try them. and wrap an acid brain around how that's happening. <laughs> I, I, right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, and so yeah, that's fun. It was so uh, much fun. Anything on the calendar, show wise? On the calendar, um, for me specifically, uh, Moonshroom and uh, Whiskey Mash Band is okay. playing Record Bar this weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, that's Saturday. Okay. Um. Yep. That'll be a lot of fun. Whiskey Mash. They uh they came out with, you know, uh, Winfield. Yeah. The Bluegrass yeah, Festival. Yeah. They uh came out with the uh like, commercial song for Winfield last okay. year. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. They uh end up ha- they played six it's not, gigs. As long as it's not Wagon Wheel. No, it's not Wagon Wheel. No, it's not. <laughs> they played like six gigs at Winfield last year. Cool. Um, six times, six slots, and uh. Their song "Winfield Bound" was like their fiftieth anniversary like theme song. Right, which is really cool. He's on the same bill of Bela Fleck. Okay, like, on the poster, he's nice. on that. Like he's very he's, cool. He's probably my most prolific musician. Yeah, right now. Um, so it was fun too. Honestly, <laughs> the Bluegrass Boys are not a throwdown. So if if you had to, um, could you take all of your LSD experience? experiences and distill them into a message or communicate what it has been or meant or anything like that? I would say whatever it is that's happening to you in your life, whatever experiences you're going through, whatever emotions you're feeling, make it yours. Because you cannot control the emotions that are happening in your brain. You can't control the way you feel sometimes. But own it and make it yours. And then also empathy. Empathy has been the biggest one. Uh, I've learned more through empathy than anything else. There's not enough of it in the world. Not. There's not. Person to person. I mean, and, you know, it, uh, empathy can be scary. Yeah. Why would I want to feel what the yeah. other person feels? Yeah. Well, I have enough to deal with. I know. You know. But if we feel it together, it helps. Yeah. Because we can be on the same. We can laugh about those things together, and we can cry about those things. Sure. Together. We can share the woman, and we can share. <laughs> that's, that's 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 your third dead <laughs> lyric, I think. Uh, very nice. They're still my forever, my favorite. I didn't list them here. Yeah, yeah. But th- I can. I can't sing all of the words to any song, but I can sing most of the words to most of the Ray Flynn right, songs. Right, right. I just grew up on them. Yeah, yeah. I don't even care to go out of my way to listen or go see them or any about that. But Well, man. so along that line of empathy, I mean, how does the world feel to you right now? Currently? Yeah. It's a, a very fine balance of hope and despair. It feels vulnerable, I think. It feels vulnerable. You're right. That's, yeah. It can, like a potential, uh, an opportunity vulnerability. You know, there's a lot of opportunity and we've put ourselves in a weird vulnerable spot, but there's a lot of opportunity to be a lot better than we are. And if, to just talk to one another to have these conversations yeah. we're yeah. having right now talk about anything right anything and talk about everything yeah. just talk about it at the same time don't just get if you if it makes you angry well then 
stop. Yeah. Take a breath. Yeah. And talk about it. Right. If it makes you happy, stop and take a breath. Yeah. And talk about it. Um. So, I want to make sure that I'm saying your last name right, since yeah. we uh, Hollowell. Hollowell, like a Hollowell. Hollow. Hollowell. Well. Okay. So. Describe the difference in perspective regarding very young Ian Hollowell's view of adulthood versus what it actually turned out to be. Uh, I really was excited for adulthood. You know, I was really like, oh, I'm going to be doing all of this. I wanted to go to college and be a football player and march in band and do this and that and this and that. And I want, I was really, I was driven, you know, I was at school in high school for like 14 hours a day up until Jesus. my sophomore year when I started doing smoking weed every yeah. day and, yeah. you know, and that would do it to anyone. Don't do drugs. You will drop out of school. <laughs> do drugs after school. Right. Just don't, right. Like, you will drop out of school. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, now it's, I want to relax. Yeah. I work a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, two summers ago I worked for Casey Taco and we were really struggling people getting there I worked 70 hours a week yeah, on my man. feet yeah. open to close and it's not fun no it's not and I made a lot of money but I money isn't worth anything if you're not happy no no money does not buy you happiness it can buy you things that can make you happy but you have to have the right mindset for yeah. those things to make you happy if you're worried about money the whole time you're doing those things, right. it's not going to make you happy. No. Uh, so do you have any um, uh, bucket list items or accomplishments prefer professionally or personally? Things that you, you – know, goals, I guess. Professionally think. and personally, both at the same time, jam cruise. Jam cruise. <laughs> yeah. You want to be an Just attendant? A, you want to attendant or to play away okay. one day. Okay. I mean, I'm currently right now, we don't have – our own material enough of our own material to like put out and it wouldn't be our scene of what we do right now. Right. But I could see us like growing into that, but really right now, yes, just go. So the, the idea, have magical. you, have you been on a cruise before? No, the idea a cruise in general that that doesn't freak you out at all. Uh, no, I love boats actually. Okay. Okay. I lo- and you know, I guess I've never been out on the ocean. Right. That's what I'm that talking could about. Be a little That's what I'm talking Maybe about. Maybe I should check that out. Well, first, I but... mean, the ocean is part of a cruise, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I've been to the ocean. I've swam in the ocean. Sure, I've sure. been on a boat in the ocean, but, but out it's there, been mellow. Way out yeah, there. Yeah, it's it's been a mellow. Anyway. My one thing too though is uh I'm I don't like I could spin around in a circle in the chair all day long and then stop. And yes, I'd be dizzy, but I wouldn't throw up. I wouldn't have motion sickness. Right. Like it's kind of, it, I would laugh a lot. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. You know? No, I'm more, I'm not worried about being seasick. I'm worried about crashing and drowning and sharks oh, and really? shit like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, it's totally irrational, but. You know, yeah, I, I don't think that would bother me. I right. Think, I think there'd be a lot worse. You'd be like, Jam Cruise, man. That's <laughs> Jam Cruise. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? Like, well, I better just play the sweet serenade as we right. all sink into right. the ocean and die. Uh, so if you found out tomorrow that you uh, were the recipient of a, an incalculable inheritance or you won the lottery or whatever, uh-huh. you have a shit, more money than you can count. Does, does your life look immediately different? And if so, how? It looks immediately the same my family's life would look immediately okay okay i already do everything i want right just not necessarily everywhere i want to do it right you know i like working i like cooking i like cooking for the masses of people sure 
but I don't necessarily want to do it all day, right. every day, all right. the time. But it really, you know, the first thing I would do is, you know, make sure all of my family with whatever they're doing is just taken care taken of. Care of. Amen. You know? And then after that, I would, I'd get in a car I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, like that's new, you know. Right. Blah, blah, blah. It would just be, but it really wouldn't look any different. I would just work on what I'm doing now, but probably with a more stress-free comfortability. Amen. Yeah. That's about it. Um, you ever given any thought to what kind of person you want to be remembered as or, or what you want to be remembered for, or does that kind of thing not, uh, some people don't care, don't right, give a shit. Right. I do um, think about that. Okay. And what, uh, what sort of I, thoughts are associated? I want to help people. Okay. You know? And that's part of the reason why I want to be a musician because the best way to help as many people as possible is through music. Amen. Yeah. How can I think about how many people fish has helped? And yeah, you know, like how many people, like even if all you do is just, you go and you make your whole economy and your life based around fish, those people are usually pretty fucking happy. Yeah. You know, and they have something that drives them. Well, you know, you know, uh, and this has looked way different for me over, the decades that I've been listening to, um, mostly I love the people. Sometimes the people are a small part of it. Sometimes they're a very big part it's, of it. It's a big crowd. But what I like maybe more than the actual people is the shared love. You know, right. we're all here for the same right. thing and, and discover like, you know, I've, I've talked in, in a couple of episodes about this period, which I, I'm not exactly still sure when, it happened or what timeline, but, but sort of arriving at this place where my life's inventory is sort of all unpacked and on a shelf or a table and it's visible and sort of being like understanding who I am better and being happy or content right. with, you know, it's okay that, uh, this happened at this age and it pivoted me this way. And instead of being like, it's not fair. Just being like, right. you know what? It's fine. Right. Um, and you know, uh, I just didn't know the, the experience of listening to fish live and studio was a thing that I needed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was there and it was like, Oh my God, Yeah. I feel wholer. Right than right. I ever have. But I mean, LSD and mushroom, no, no disrespect to them. Right. They, they did their he- music is so much deeper than that. Absolutely. And so it's like seeing a piece of a fabric of a musician's life or experiences but just for a second. And then, right. And maybe another day down the road, you catch right. it again in a lyric or a right. portion of a the music. But I mean, they, like I don't, I'll never be able. My, my two kids are named after him. I right. mean, I'll never be able Very to measure. Uh, Adeline is twelve, and Alehu is nine. Awesome. I mean, so it was no, no, nothing particularly special about uh, Sweet Adeline or uh, Sample in a Jar. I love both, of, but it was a way for me to, you know. Um, anyway, uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, helping people and, and music is a great vehicle you know, for doing so. The two best ways to put a smile on anyone's face 
is good food, good music. Right. That's every single person on the entire earth. That's right. Absolutely. Even um, if you're deaf, the vibrations and the energy that the people of the people enjoying yeah. will bring that out of people. Um, that sounds like a really good message to end on. Um, I wish that I had two more pages and five more <laughs> records to talk to you about, but, uh, we can set up something else. Another time, right. You know? Right. Always be a part two. Well, uh, so Ian Hollowell, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, you know, side, side props for having phenomenal <laughs> taste in music and <laughs> given, given me, that's what I'm here for is sharing music, man. Even if it's not my music, I'm here to share music. The thing is, it's like, um, uh, no, no disrespect to the other four on your list, but right. uh, that uh, Marbin Marbin is literally hands. I don't down. know where to go with it. It's like it's, it's the cutting if I, edge if, of music. If I give it to somebody and they don't immediately covet it, I'm gonna be like, I don't know if I need you in my life. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I <laughs> so know. I'm I'm scared. I've already, I've already done the opposite of that, where uh, a new coworker was. Uh, I showed the Marbin and they fell in love. And then it turns out they were like not as cool as I thought they were. And I'm like, oh, I but gave I wanted that you to, to you. be so goddamn. F- yeah, but what? I gave that to you. I was in, right? I was inside of you. <laughs> right. How did I? <laughs> right. It's like, damn it. Oh, bummer. Well, yeah. I mean, you gave them a gift. No, it did give them a gift. And I hope they. No, they're they're fine. They're not. They're a good person. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Let's get you out of here. Thank you again. This yeah, was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, man. Cheers. Fun.